Hey y'all, it's your sugar here and it's Wednesday night and you know, it's about that time, 7.30. We here on Talk and Fight, Sugar Show, talking about women's boxing. And um, uh, for those who aren't quite familiar with sugar, I'm just gonna reintroduce myself. My name is Natalie Sugar Brown. I've been a uh, elite level female fighter uh, for a lot of years in women's boxing. And um, I'm here now to discuss uh, the the actual authentic experiences and, and, and the um, behind the scenes type of deal in women's boxing and, and to, to get that conversation going. So um, people, can have some information and answer questions and you know uh, let you guys into our world of women's boxing so tonight's topic is show me the money show me the money right meaning who is who is paying in women's boxing who is the one that's bringing the spotlight to us now in women's boxing and helping us get our uh, money up. So we're discussing promoters who are now making um, a making a substantial mark in our industry as far as now um, putting the spotlight on uh, female fighters, women's boxing, as well as um, adding to our pay grade, putting us on these uh, big shows now, these giving us these opportunities to shine and to uh, generate fanfare and and just all the things that the pioneers in women's boxing we're fighting for and are still fighting for. So uh, let's get into the chat tonight. And I always say, you guys out there, I love, love, love when you guys chime in. So chime in when you want to, if you want to, okay? Uh, ask me questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question, right? Um. If, if it's just you really having no clue about who I'm talking about and you're still asking and you want to know, of course, I will definitely engage. Oh, Vinny Ali, hey. Um, that's you, Eric. Hey, Eric, thank you for chiming in with Sugar tonight. So um, it's a party now, okay? <laughs> and... Um, Let's get started. So um, we're going to, my lovely assistant is going to put up my first image. Okay. All right. So these two guys here are um, big promoters, not only in women's boxing, but uh, in boxing, uh, boxing in general. 
Okay, so um, on the left there, you have Eddie Hearn, and I'm sure you guys uh, recognize that name. He's been doing a lot, um, not only in, in women's boxing and uh, men's boxing, and, um, you know, he, he's, he's the, the man of the hour. And beside him um, is Frank Warren. Okay, and uh, Frank Warren promotion. So Frank Warren has been Mike. Hey, Mike. Michael Orr chimes in. Hey, sh hey, Mike. Thanks for chiming in tonight. Okay. All right. It's a party. I'm so excited. So um, now when I say show me the money, this is what has happened in the field of women's boxing up until present. Okay. So there were very few opportunities for female fighters to, number one, get fights, uh, and especially, like, number two, having a platform that people can see them on, right? Uh, women's boxing was underground. Just call it underground, okay? So smaller promoters would put a, a female fight on the show uh, goodness if they if they felt really generous they would put two female fighters on the show and that would be it for like six months and then another one six months and and so we were out here either clamoring to get the spot on that look on that small show or we we do like some unsanctioned underground shit because we wanted to fight. Right. So that was the that that was the environment. That was the terrain out here. Um, and sugar has done both. OK, um, the money was not in the ring. Up until present, the money you got was what you the opportunities that came to you outside of the ring from uh, a spectator, a handler, someone who took interest in you as a fighter and just generally wanted to see, uh, invest in you and wanted to see you grow um, as the baddest broad in, in, in the industry. And, and you know, we may do on that. We Some of us did well for ourselves. Uh, there were champions, there are always champions, the sanctioning bodies, uh, you know, some we were able to get belts and things like that. And so as, uh, women's boxing evolved now. Uh, people started to take interest, especially after the 2012 Olympics. That was the first wave of women who were actually seen as prospects that these large name promoters now would take on and make into stars because in women's boxing a star is not born a star is made a lot of these women that you see and that you know their name they are certainly not the best out there they uh are marketed and they got the lucky lottery ticket and they they have uh a promoter that has put them on a platform. First lady who's ever done it that way, Christy Martin. Uh, she lucked out. She used to do those tough man 
tough women contest underground contests and she then got on with don king who put her on the mike tyson undercards and she messed around and stole the show on some of them because you know mike tyson fights were short so you had to have some kind of gravy or something like that you know and to to add some interest to the cards. so christy martin did that and she's you know, she she kind of put the, there were other women boxing, trust me. Like there were, there there always, women have always boxed. We, we have such a rich history. And I will get into our history in another, um, in another session, in another show. But tonight we're talking about now these guys. Um, uh, earlier today, a colleague and I, um, when we were talking about the show, he said, the mad men of boxing, <laughs> which, yeah, you got to be, I mean, we're fighters. We fight in the ring, but you got to be mad, crazy to actually put together a fight, to know what the public wants to see, to know um, how to build for people to, to, to pay attention to the fact that somebody finna get their ass whooped. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, it is a fight. At the end of the day, it's a fight. Somebody's going to get beat, right? So these guys now put it together. They, and, and found a way that we can all make a living from it and make some money. Um, now, I'm going to start with Frank Warren, the, the gentleman there on the right-hand side. He has been, I mean, these guys, uh, let me just start off by saying this, okay? Um, before, yeah, before I even get into talking about these promoters, right, um, in, as a woman in boxing, right, can't just take any contract that's sent to you, Right? It's very dangerous out here. My last uh, episode, I, I, you know, I always talk about the black eye, the black eyes in women's boxing because it is something that is prevalent, and women get flown out, fighters get flown out to these places, and they're forced to deal with, you know promoters who don't follow through on, on their deal, um, crappy conditions, you know, they're not, they, they, they can't even, they're not even staying in a proper hotel, you know, or, you know, they're not getting food and then they have to fight, you know, just things like that. Um, the, the most tragic where some of us, and I say us because we are all connected some of us get flown out to a fight and never come back home alive. Okay, so this is how serious it gets out there, especially for women's boxing because our stuff can get swept under the rug. No one really pays attention out here um, when it comes to women's boxing. So nowadays, um, there has been some shine on the tragedies that have happened recently, but those are not by far not the first that have happened. Um, 
women have lost their lives and you just keep moving, right? And all of us women in the industry, we're aware of these dangers. So um, as a woman now out here looking to take contracts for these fights, back in the day, you know, you had a manager and if that manager was looking out for your best interests, there are things that you want to certainly consider before you take on a contract. And I'm gonna go over those um, quickly, okay? Um, so the first thing that you wanna consider is who, okay? Who's the promoter? Who's the fighter, all right? Second, where, where is this, right? Because, um, I've been to some interesting places to fight. And if it were not for the fact that I, I had um, a protective team around me, don't, that would, those would have been a no-no, okay? And, and um, a lot of women, a lot of women in boxing, female fighters, they don't have teams. Sometimes they fly out most likely with their one coach um, or, you know, they, they, they fly out with a friend who's going to work their corner because they think, oh, you know, it's just another broad that I'm going to fight. And like I said, it can, it can end very tragically. So um, you want to consider who, who's the promoter? Who is this that you're fighting now? You know, what a time to be a fighter now because now we have box rec and now we have um, YouTube and, and now we have these resources that we can really check out um, the opposition uh, that we we're facing um, by name. Um, you want to know where? Because like I said, there's some places that are very hostile especially to women who fight. Um, we ain't the jam everywhere, you know? So uh, the, you have to understand that the, these places, not only are you flying in to fight, but you're flying into a, uh, maybe flying into a hostile environment where outside of the ring, you may become, you may be attacked or you can get hurt. So protect yourself at all times. Um, you want to consider the timing. And a lot of people get caught up this way, especially nowadays, because matchmaking is a science. Okay, so um, a lot of the, 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 the shenanigans, and I call it the shenanigans, uh, this one particularly, the okie doke, is um, they'll have a fighter, a female fighter, um, training for months, weeks, you know, and then they'll call the op opponent or the opposition two weeks before the fight. Right. So, um, and this was hap this was very prevalent in women's boxing, uh, during my time and, and before, because, you know, uh, I, I was on a show earlier, uh, in the, in, well, later, because this is June 1st, so later in, in, in the month of May where uh, Tim Witherspoon said, well, you got to be ready. You got to be ready. You just got to be ready to go. I mean, that's very old school, right? Um, 
yeah, you got to be ready to go. But now, because matchmaking, the science of matchmaking is being used as a weapon now, you cannot be ready to go. You'll never be ready for somebody if you're only given a two-week notice walking in to fight them. And a lot of these people, you know, fighters say, oh, I took the fight on two weeks notice and I won and I won and this and that. Good. Great. Right? But the professional way, the professional way, not a $50 fighter, right? Professional fighter that met, that plans to have a career doing this is not the type of fighter to be taking two week notice fights, right? It doesn't look good for you because you are now walking into a potential situation where you're, you don't know how to prepare to perform against the opposition. And they've had your name on the rate on their radar on a list for weeks, months, and then you get a two-week notice that you're going to fight them. And, you know, someone has a, a grand upper hand in that situation. We don't want to do that anymore, right? We don't do that anymore. Um, especially since we want more contenders. Because there's so much potential out here, uh, talent-wise, with, with women. Right. And this two week notice garbage is taking a lot of prospects off the map because in in women's boxing, how it goes is, you know, you, you're brought in, you're 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 the lamb to the slaughter. So you're brought in for this name girl to slaughter you. And if you give her a good fight, even with the two weeks notice, you're going to lose and then you're going to go into the bargain bin never to be seen again. Right, because they're more focused on this name girl. We want to stop that. We want the fans, you guys, to love women's boxing or to respect women's boxing so much that when y'all see a, a bad broad, a broad that can fight, a broad, a broad that does well for herself in there, whether she's a name or not, you remember and you support her. Um, so the timing. No two-week notice, right? You, you want enough time to at least prepare or, or to feel like you're prepared going into uh, the, a fight, right? It, it could be a four-rounder, six-rounder, eight-rounder, ten-rounder. Women, we don't do 12-rounders. And, of course, we know that they're two-minute rounds. So um, a two-minute round is a sprint. you got to know exactly what you're doing in two minutes, right? You don't get three minutes to break nobody down. If women were fighting three minute rounds, a lot of these champions would not be champions for sure. Because that three minute round is a total different beast. Two minutes you could play hide and seek and touch and go, right? Fighter like Katie Taylor, they have her number one for pound for pound. Uh, Missy Poo could not run. You can't run and you can't hide for three minutes straight in that boxing ring. You got to stand and fight. So um, 
the 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 rules are different um and the terrain is, is slightly different so um you know when we talk when we talk about the timing we're talking about all of those things that need to be considered um number of rounds of course uh, and the distance that you're going to travel right um you're getting you know for you to rush and sometimes there's a time difference and all of these things and then you got to perform you know this these are all tools weapons used in matchmaking and you have to understand that the matchmaker works the matchmaker assume that the matchmaker is never on your team the matchmaker works for your opposition right so they're gonna look out for their best interests they'll give you an opportunity but they are not certainly not um looking for you to have the upper hand or or to have the um um any advantages right because should if 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 you match somebody up and they get beat guess what happens you don't have a job you don't get to match them no more right so that's why it's gotten really slimy to where these matchmakers have become um some of the deadliest uh people on the team because they sit and they stalk and they watch and they wait for a lame right they wait for you to become stale they wait for you to be shelved they wait for you to be collect dust and then they pull you out the bin and say two weeks i have an opportunity for you to fight good money come on right so be aware of that um my people out here uh, that want to box, my women that want to box, and my people out here that are interested in women's boxing. So the distance to travel, sometimes there's a time difference, and that makes a lot of, you know, that really makes a lot, a big deal. So um, I fought in Japan, and, um, you know, they're literally 12 hours different. So it's, um, like, what time is it now? Let me look at it. It's almost eight o'clock right now in the evening here in in the United States, and it's gonna be eight o'clock in the morning over there in in Japan, right? So that's how that works. So when you're flying into that, your body is used to this time while it's eight o'clock in the morning over there, and then to perform with that time difference right so you're essentially fighting when you should be when your body feels like sleeping and vice versa you know um hey tony yes it's good to see that you did catch the live thank you for chiming in tony um uh thanks for coming in tonight we're talking about um you know the the art or the, the promoters in women's boxing and, and, you know, show us the money now because these guys are, are, are the ones that are bringing money, uh, putting money in our pockets now, bringing putting money on the table. But we're, um, I'm discussing now um, in, in understanding how to take 
fights, the contract, how, how to take fights in your best interest and what to look out for. So, um, you know, there's the timing and the time difference. Um, what kind of support do you have? Are they going to fly your team out? Um, are they only going to fly your coach out? Do you have a cut man? What are they, you know, what is your support going into this battle? And that's a big deal. A lot of promoters, especially the small ones back in my day, when you get a fight, they were really nasty. They bear, they didn't even want to, they flew you out and one other person, right? So you couldn't get a team. You, you had to essentially have a sponsor or you had to pay anybody else's way that was coming for you. So when you got to the fights, you would find, you know, there's, there's people hanging around. So you would find a cut man, right. To, to help work your corner. Or if you, if they wouldn't fly your trainer out, they'd make a deal. And some, some fighter, some females were desperate enough to, um, Tony, I just hit your live on my community page. Thank you, Tony. Yes. Like, subscribe, share some of this sugar. Thank you, Tony, for showing me love and, and, and spreading this sugar. Okay. And, and I do hope uh, we get some people interested. So, um, yes, these promoters now, um, it, you know, it, it was real raggedy back then. Right. So, um, some, it, it was, it was a time where women weren't as dangerous or there weren't as many dangerous women, meaning there weren't many women that could totally beat the shit out of you and, and put you in the ICU in a, in the hospital, like how what's happening now, right? It was just a scrap. So you could possibly take a risk in going somewhere by yourself and just give a good fight fight another broad and make it a good fight and make you some money. Um, if you couldn't hold your own though, right? You can get, you would get seriously hurt. Like I said, so, um, these are the things, right? So, um, support, are they gonna give you uh, per diem? Right. Because they'll fly you out a couple days before the weigh in, maybe two days before weigh in. Are they going to give you a hotel to stay in? Are they going to give you per diem or money to um, pay for meals or, or are they going to provide you meals? Sometimes they don't. Right. Some, sometimes they'll put you in, you know, a, a, a real hole in the wall. And you're, you're, you know, you're there and then, then they put you miles away from where you can get food. Yeah, they do stuff like that. Uh, they put you in an isolated place where it's just very hard for you to get what you need in order to perform that night. These are the shenanigans that um, go on in, in, in boxing, but especially women's boxing, because we didn't have a voice. Um, before they, we, we didn't have these big platforms before, um, to, to, to take measure from. So we were being treated crappy and all we wanted to do was fight. And we were grateful for the opportunity. So, um, these are things now with these bigger guys, promoters that I'm going to go through now that 
we are to expect now because we have spotlight. We have these larger names investing in putting these shows on. So um, we, we can get some good treatment and, and some respect now. Um, where before, you know, it, that certainly wasn't the deal. Um, you want to know if there's what kind if what kind of platform are you fighting in? Is this a rinky dink bar? You know, is this a hole in the wall club somewhere? Is this, a a, um, a venue that will be, um, shared the, you know, they, they have their own local, um, television or local media that will share the the fight and what's happening um you know in, in this matchup and you want to look for these things and my, my coach Jerome Coffey one of my coach um goodness Tony um I, I'm not sure Tony what what you're asking right um give me a little bit more detail and then we'll, we'll get back to you um so my coach Jerome used to say, um, make sure when you, when we, we want to make sure when we fly out or where we go, there's going to be somebody to see and tell the story. We're not going to go to hole in the walls, right? We're not going to go to rinky dink clubs that you can get robbed severely. And then that blemishes on your record. We want to go to places where at least if you do get robbed, at least if you do get a nasty decision, there is something recorded that people can look at objectively and say, hmm, that, you know, she, she, she was given a raw deal that she didn't win that fight. You know, you, you want, you want witnesses, right? For, for that. But so, the, there were a lot of um, blemishes on very good fighters' careers because good fighters, good opposition would get flown out and robbed blind because there wasn't any uh, any visual platform for, to, to see actually what happened. And then, you know, the next day you have the media who works for who they like, certain promoters, to tell a, a bogus story about the fight that you might have got robbed in, okay? And then, like I said, the venue. You want, you know, you want to consider these venues uh, now that you're going to go fight into because um, venues can be a dangerous venue. It could be just a bar. It could be like. It, it, it could be somewhere that um, for your greater good, for the greater good of your career, you don't want nobody knowing or seeing that, oh, that's a bar fighter. Oh, you know, oh, um, where was this? You know, they, that was somebody's backyard because there used to be women's bouts in people's backyard. Yeah, it went down like that. At a, at a certain time, it, it was underground like that um, in, in women's boxing. So I went over that because now we're going to talk about these promoters that are showing us the money in women's boxing. 
And I'm not saying that, oh, they're the saviors. What I'm saying is now, yeah, they're throwing us a bone out here. So it's better than we had before and, and it's looking good. So um, on the right here, we have uh, Frank, the, the British, the big boys of Britain or, or of, of the UK. Because if you want to make some money in women's boxing, there are certain places that you are certainly going to want to go and fight at. And right now, you want to go fight over in the UK. They are paying good, and they're having lots of opportunities for women to fight. Now, Jane Couch was one of the, was the pioneer of women's boxing over there. They're not giving her the flowers that she deserves. Jane Couch, y'all look her up. I mean, she would fight anybody, anywhere, fly from England over to the U.S. She tried to get a license over there. They denied her her license. Like she, I mean, she, she went through the business, right? She, they, they beat her up in and outside the ring and she, she just rolled with it. And now, you know, that there are women you know in the uk women's boxing it's huge and you don't see jane couch getting any shine and she was the one that started that that ball rolling over there she was the fighter that put herself out there and bled for this so uh these two men here you know they they real raggedy for for doing that yeah, I think that's really disrespectful to the history of women's boxing, but it is our responsibility to make sure that we get our respect and, and the women who have paid the, paved the way for these other women to make this money, for these, for these promoters to make money, they need to get some kind of acknowledgement, at least acknowledge the effort because it didn't just happen overnight, and it certainly wasn't easy. So Frank Warren here, up oh, Tony's review. Serrano versus Taylor was one of the biggest fights in boxing this year. I can't wait for Shields, Marshall, and Bumdanger, Bum Gardner, Mayor. Thanks for chiming in with that one, Tony. So I'm gonna deviate from the topic and talk about that. Yes, Serrano versus Taylor was one of the biggest fights in boxing. I love that. I really did. I, I, I love that a woman's fight is one of the biggest fights that happened this year. The matchup, eh, I, I really wasn't, I'm really not too keen on any of those fighters because um, one, Katie Taylor, like I said, she's a two minute fighter. And Serrano, I mean, she has, she's very skilled and, and, and all of that good stuff. But I, I think connections and, you know, just playing the game got this thing on, on such a big platform. I appreciate it. I like it. But there's so many great contenders out here that would have done real good by showing a, a like how we really get down out here in in women's boxing
Okay. Um, I can't wait for Shields versus Marshall too. I can't wait for that. Um, Shields versus Marshall, uh, I'm excited for because both have some good IQ. So we're going to see some real stuff go down in the ring. We're not seeing pit, uh, t- touch and go and playing tag and running around. And, and you know what I'm saying? We, we, we'll probably see some some um, strategy executed, right? Because Shields, she has a great IQ. I'm not sure who's handling her um, corner, but I know Marshall has stepped away from, you know, the, the, um, the Mayweather camp and she's taken on Peter Fury, Tyson Fury, Tyson Fury's father. And in her last performances, she's showing some of the generalship that uh, actually has made Tyson Fury such a um, menace to the heavyweight realm. So there's some tactics and generalship that I see, um, that I want to see how Clarissa Shields deals with. And Shields now pressing Marshall. I want to see um, if Marshall is really that, that um, you know, this ain't amateurs no more. And, and she has that story where she, she beat Clarissa Shields in the amateurs. Uh, we, we in, the, in the pro realm now. You know, far different from the amateurs. This is when, this is women fighting. Big girl panties now. Um, You know, you don't have a referee coming in. Stop! Put your head up. Stop! Stop! Stopping every little bit and and touching and tag. We got, you know, there's a, you're in there with these smaller gloves, no headgear. And they're going to let you fight through any little tank entanglement and, and they won't let you, um, you know, whatever Ross Johnson 20. Hello there. Thanks for chiming in to the sugar show. Okay. We talking boxing here. We talking about, I'm, I'm just in the middle of talking about how excited I am about the matchup between Shields and Marshall, right? So Marshall boasts, that she beat Shields in the amateurs and she has that victory, but it's a total different game, right? They got pushing, pulling, you got um, a glove rash that you got to look out for. You got all of this stuff that we definitely didn't, did not uh, need to look for in the amateurs. So the, the uh, it, it's the playing feet terrain. The environment here is far different and i just i really want to see how shields and marshall navigate that now bomb gardener versus mayor okay so this just came up um to be honest this is not a big fight for me like these are just two like i said these are (laughs) these are two popular girls that get a chance to fight which is great Bomb Gardner's claim to fame is that she knocked out, um, goodness, her name is at the top. You know how sometimes the, the, you see the face, but you can't put the name. Somebody chime in with the name. Um, Bomb Gardner knocked this fighter out, who clearly, um, you could see before, she had issues making that weight. So she came into that fight um, 
uh, Ross Johnson comes in. I feel like a frog because I know like a handful of boxers. Baby, listen, you're not coming in for a job interview. You're coming in for a chat with Sugar. So if you need to ask a question, if you don't know, ask whatever you do know about the handful of fighters, ask, okay? Yes, Eric, Terry Harper. So Bumgarner knocked out um, Terry Harper, who was clearly having trouble making that weight. You could see it in her previous performances, right? But sometimes it's hard for us to let go. And she thought um, she, uh, Tony comes in, she Medusa Harper. She had her frozen like a statue. Michael Orr says, yes, it was Terry Harper. Now, Terry Harper, I'll tell you this, Terry Harper is, is, is a tough cookie, right? What I always say to you guys is this, when you are not fighting in your weight class, in your, in your natural weight class, you're a different fighter. So Terry Harper is a tall, rangy fighter, and she's strong, she's strong for her weight, too. She's strong. Okay, but not at that weight. I, I believe the weight is, what, 130? She's not strong at that weight. She's 5'8". You know, uh, you, you got to... She's depleting herself getting down there, where um, Bumgardner's body can still make that weight and she can still be effective. So when she took that punch from um, Bumgardner, if she was in her weight, if her proper weight, she'd be able to absorb it. But because she was already running off of fumes from making the weight, she, yes, she did turn into a statue, didn't she? She was gone, right? And it made a glorious victory. Ooh, excuse me, victory for Baumgartner, okay? Which now she's a name. But Baumgartner, she's powerful. She, she, you know, she got some stuff going on. She's cute, but she ain't special. Yeah, I said it. Baumgartner got outboxed, y'all. Um, give me, uh, I know Michael knows this in, in out there. But Bumgarner got outboxed um, really badly um, in, in one of her losses. So, you know, the, the thing, I, Sugar talks about styles make fights, okay? So this big, tough, strong, banger style is the, the more common, is the status quo uh, style in women's boxing you either have that and or then you have the um glorified amateur who plays tag in the ring touch and run hit and run hit and run right so you have there it is she got outboxed by lynn uh lena darto is that the greek um fighter that's the real medusa isn't it she called herself medusa uh, Lena Darto. Yep. Tony and Mike, thank y'all for coming in. So, um, yeah. Right. So, um, Bumgarner got, um, yeah, Leonardo, she's, and, and this is the thing with Lena Darto. She fought Katie Taylor too. And I, 
at the press conference, like the, I mean, the post-press conference, you could clearly see who lost the fight. Katie Taylor had the bruises and all of that stuff all over her. And Lena Darter was sitting there looking like she just came up off the beach. And it was so bad that um, Katie Taylor's, um, she, Katie Taylor and her team was so embarrassed that they left. They walked out in the middle of the post press conference because Lena, Leonardo said, look at me and look at her. You could clearly see who won the fight. Right. And my man here to the left, Mr. Hearn, Eddie Hearn, because that's Katie Taylor's promoter. They all got up and they walked out on on Leonardo in the post press conference disrespectful see shit like that doesn't happen in men's boxing punk moves like that don't happen right you're supposed to be woman enough to sit down and talk about what went down in the fight right even if i have blemishes and bruises on me i could say okay yeah you feel like you won the fight even though i'm talking that yang yeah we could do it again even though i'd be like eddie please don't let me go back in there with her you know, but, but you know, you could talk good for yourself, but because it's women's boxing, you know, it, you can, they can rob a great fighter like Lena uh, Darto and just walk away and leave her standing there with the bag, right? So it's a double-edged sword. You know, we have these promoters here, Eddie Hearn, uh, Frank Warren, that they're putting the spotlight on in the UK, putting the spotlight on women's boxing, but they're also still playing that nasty game in where they're robbing great fighters of opportunities to um, grow and, and, and expand and, and make women's boxing bigger because there can't only be one queen. There's, this is not a, um, a monarchy. This is a friggin', you know, this is a jungle, right? And, um, you know, in the jungle, you don't just have one lion, you have several lions and they go at it, right? They go at it, some claim territory, some, you know, that that's what it is, it's a jungle. So you can't have just one queen sitting on there getting her ass whooped and she still wins. That doesn't work. That's not how women's boxing, that's not how our industry is going to grow. And it's not going to put money in our pockets. It's still going to cap our money, right? Because now Leonardo, she, because Leonardo, because she's already fought the two big names and she hasn't, they didn't, she's not a name anymore per se. She's in the bargain bin. No one makes any money. Leonardo doesn't make any money fighting again because no one's promoting her. And no one's going to make money fighting uh, Leonardo until they pull Leonardo out the bargain bin to use her as a stepping stone for another star that they're making. That's how that works. I hate it.
but it is what it is. So Frank Warren, he was an attorney and he was in the industry. This is the, the, the gentleman here on the right. He's, he's been in the boxing industry for about 20 years. Um, and these types, they really don't like to see women box. Okay. He's been in boxing for 20 years. And I told y'all about Jane Couch over there in UK and never once did he give her an opportunity, but with the women, with now that wave of women from the first Olympics in 2012, you know, you had to, if you were in boxing, you had to, you had to get a piece of that. So he signed Nicola Adams. And there's a story there where, you know, Nicola Adams was not really happy about how she was treated um, being a fighter with Frank Warren Promotions. She has some issues there and she had to retire from boxing forever. Maybe, uh, maybe her, uh, her story, we'll talk more about her story one day, but this ain't about Nicola Adams, but she was the first female that he signed. Okay. Uh, she, I think Nicola Adams was an Olympic medalist in 2012. I think she got the gold. Um, and she's a UK fighter, Eddie Hearn. Now that's match, uh, matchroom, uh, sport. Okay. Uh, he's becoming the leading force in uh, boxing, not only boxing, but women's boxing and making a star of Katie Taylor. Okay. And then um, he's also been a part of, or the catalyst for making these huge fights. Sorry, y'all. I live in the city. I keep saying this. So y'all hear this. <laughs> so um, this, um, Eddie Hearn now is making these huge platforms for Katie Taylor to draw in pay-per-view and to bring the flying, they flying the, you know, bad broads from the U.S. over to fight Katie. They fight, they flying bad broads from all over the place, Greece, uh, everywhere to fight Katie. They just not fly Belgium, you know, they, but they're not flying in the real contenders to fight Katie. They're flying in the safe contenders who have made the silent agreement that yes, we will make your star shine bright, Eddie Hearn. We'll put in a good fight or whatever, but we know that she's gonna beat us and she's gonna win, okay? We'll try our best though. That's, that's the silent agreement with Eddie Hearn. Um, and then you might get a rematch, you, you, you might, you know? But if you look like you, if you look like you were too close to beating Katie Taylor, you ain't going to get no rematch. You ain't going to get no chance to do it again, right? Because that's his, that's his cash cow. So you ain't going to let the queen look, that queen look bad. Um, these are like Eddie Hearn has brought now before where I think Layla Ali, supposedly Layla Ali versus Jackie Frazier um, brought in, you know, a million dollar payday or a million dollar um, money to the game. And it's because, you know, they came in off of their daddy's name. They didn't come in because they were great fighters. They came in you know, off the residual impact of what their fathers did in boxing.
so people wanted to see it. Um, Eddie Hearn now has grown, has homegrown Katie Taylor into being a million dollar uh, female fighter, women's fighter. Um, and that's tremendous. He, you know, he, he's done great things for women's boxing. Um, Double-edged sword. Uh, he could do he could do right by women's boxing by um, making a better go at cultivating more talent and and um, giving more opportunities. But you know, it is what it is. It's his show, so I'm happy that he will at least focus and not have negative things to say about women's boxing like other promoters have. Um, Frank Warren is one of them, you know, just don't agree. They don't like to see women fight, uh, women boxing. They don't like to see women fighting. It's, it's something that they're opposed to, but it makes them money. So they're gonna do what makes them money. Um, now we go from the UK to the USA, right? So if you wanna make some money out here in women's boxing, um, Tony comes in. I was 10 when Layla got married and I haven't forgiven her yet. That was my wife to be. Yeah, she got married twice. Yeah. She got married to Yaya McLean and we call him Yaya, right? He came out of, he's out of Georgia, right? So when I was a young whippersnapper, because Layla's a, a bit older than me, I was boxing and, uh, Yaya went out to Vegas where I think he met up. That's where he met up with Layla and all of that stuff. And uh, they got together and he started managing Layla Ali and he got married to her. And that's how that all started. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I think it was like maybe a year, uh, maybe a little over a year after Layla got started in the boxing and stuff like that, she realized Yaya ain't the man. He's not the one. But she she was still a great fighter. Yeah, and she still had a good career going. So she dropped him and she married a football player. I think Conway, his last name is Conway. And they're still living happily ever after. And they have children now. And, you know, she's, she's one of the success stories. Uh, she got something out of women's boxing. Didn't really put much except for her name, her daddy name but she got a lot out of it. And um, like I said, it's it's a double-edged sword with women's boxing. You, you find very few participants that are looking out for the greater good of the industry, more so than just getting for themselves and, and, and hopping out. And my whole thing about it is, because if I, if I had made it, <laughs> um, it would be more about building the industry because there's longevity in building the industry, right? There's now, once I get out the ring and I'm no longer fighting, I, if I've made added to the industry, there are other opportunities now that I can partake in and, and, and have the opportunity and, and have the, the ability to continue to make money and build a career in women's boxing. Uh, we don't have that as yet. We don't have that.
So promoters that are doing right, I mean, that, that are um, giving to women's boxing in the U.S. now. So we're starting off, and this is not in any particular order, okay? So we have Golden Boy Promotions, Oscar De La Hoya, okay? Um, and his partner, uh, Richard Schaefer. Now, um, once again, that first wave of Olympic, uh, Olympic women from 2012 got signed. It's like, whoa, us women out here that we were already, you know, we were trying and we were trying to make money and we, you know, we were um, busting our ass to put women's boxing on the map. They basically jumped way over our heads and was like, forget y'all, y'all ain't nobody. These are the females. These are the legitimate women that are going to represent women's boxing, which was a, you know, that was a cold slap in the face, especially the fact that how hard we worked and, and, and bled to keep the industry going. So that's what the way where the, the men, these men, these promoters are starting to take women's boxing away from the women. And, and starting to control the industry where we are now. Okay, so um, Oscar, um, the Golden Boy signed Marla, Marlon Esparza, right? So they were looking to make, uh, and they said it, they were looking to make uh, Marlene Esparza the, um, you know, mainstream Latina boxer out here. But guess what? There was some. Uh, there were already some badass Latinas out here kicking ass, and will and will kick Marlene Espar uh, Marlene Esparza's ass all up and down Easy Street, right? We 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 have um, women like Jackie Nava out here. We have women like um, the Tigressa. You know, we have women out here um, that in their sleep will wipe the floor with Marlene Esparza. But Marlene did right by, you know, herself by getting a bronze medal at the Olympics. So she had lifted her pedigree from being just a fighter to now she's an Olympian who's turning into a fighter. And so Marlene Esparza was supposed to be Oscar and them's Katie Taylor, but she fell short because like I said, you got to have your big, your, your big girl panties on when you turn pro. It's some goons. I, I mean, not goons. There's some crones out here that will, that will turn you upside down in that ring if you're not careful, right? So they, um, they underestimated what was going on. And, and Mara Esparza now, um, she's, she can't even bust a grape. Like she doesn't even have the punching power to be that thing that they were trying to have her be. And it's becoming more legitimate, the, the, the grand scheme of things, the environment now, everybody's stepping up. So um, Marlene couldn't hold her, her chair, her seat uh, as that mainstream badass Latina that they were trying to push. So they signed also Sinesia Estrada, who 
does have that um, moxie. She she is that badass Latina broad that can get in there with, with the best of them. I would love to see Senecia fight some of these um, Mexican crones down uh, down there and, and see what she really got. Um, but, you know, that that's for Oscar and them to um, really um, extend themselves and, and care like Eddie Hearn is caring and, and, and put on large shows where Shanicia can fight these these legendary crones out there, like I said, uh, Jackie Nava, um, Barbie out there, you know, that, and, and I know my fellow um, female fighters, we call our, we call each other by the, on, by their nickname. So I call, they call me sugar or they gonna call me too bad. They're not gonna call me Natalie, right? That was the thing. That's the thing about women's boxing. They gonna call you by your nickname because that's what you earned, right? So if I call if I if I talk about Barbie, everybody knows who Barbie is, right? I'm sorry, I I didn't write the names down right. Right now I'm just spitting off the dome, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, La Tigrissa. I the reason why I know Jackie Nava is because you know I I, I kind of like her whole name, so I remember that. But these are, you know, these are baddie crones now that I would love to see Sinicia get in the ring with. Um, Tony's reviews comes. Estrada comes in with the superwoman cape. She's a great fighter. Yeah, she's got a good deal. She 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 shows up. She's a show woman and she shows up. She can fight. And uh I like her. I just want to I it's not enough for me to like your outfit. <laughs> I want to see what you can do. I want to see you extend yourself. I want to see you fight. Shanicia Estrada is on my pound for pound list as one of the best women out there, right? So I just want to see her fight the best out there. I want to see what she does against these crones. I want her to take that crown and, and really be um, that baddie that she is. She's still young. She's moving on into crone. Uh, you know, she's going to be a crone one day. But, you know, we, we have to know this, that, you know, each day is a day where we're slowly leaving the industry. We're slowly leaving the, the floor for another baddie to come. And we can't, we cheapen ourselves when we don't raise the standard. We cheapen ourselves when we're fighting tomato cans. And then when we're out the game, nobody knows. Oh, you fought this tomato can. You fought this body bag. No one's saying, oh, shit. She fought her. Sugar fought her. Damn. Okay. Sugar fought. She beat Sugar. That means she bad as hell. And, but, you know, and all of those things. Oh, it was a close fight. You know, these are the things that build your value as a, as a female fighter. They're not getting that yet. Um, But we have time. Um... So yes, uh, Franchon Cruz is signed with uh, De La Hoya, and Franchon Cruz is now the um, undisputed super middleweight champion. Yeah, so she did she um, she she went up there and took all those belts that um, you know the 
Clarissa and I think Marshall, they, 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 they're not in that anymore. She, she went high, she went up in weight and there's not really any, I, I, I don't want to say this, but you know, there, she can, there's opposition that can step to Franchon. I would love to see, uh, like I said, I keep calling this fighter's name, Raquel Miller. I would love to see her fight any of those women in that weight class. She had a great amateur background pedigree, and she's a good pro now, 11 and 0, I think. And they're everyone's conveniently, uh, you know, keeping her out the dance. And I think that's I think that's bull crap, right? This is this is a fight. This is fighting. This is not a pat. This is a pageantry, right? So if abroad has gotten to 11 and 0 and she's earned um those fights which Raquel Miller has um give her a shot give her a shot right even if you end up robbing her give her a shot um so yes um you know the De La Hoya is known for collaborating with other boxers to put on these big promotions and hopefully, you know, down in the future, women, the other female fighters from, you know, Marla, Marlene, um, Senecia or Franchon could co-promote, um, you know, some of these shows now and, and put other women on with Oscar De La Hoya, uh, Golden Boy, to now make a platform for other female fighters, for women's boxing to make more money and to make money. Um, we have Bob Aram, top rank, okay? So Bob Aram, uh, can we go to the, to the next slide? I'm so sorry. I think the next one was Golden Boy. Who's there? I forgot that I have pictures. Yeah, so that's that's Oscar De La Hoya. That's, gold, that's the face of Golden Boy. Okay, so he he's the one he saw, uh, he he's doing good things for women's boxing and giving us a platform uh, on his on his big cards and, and and signing these fighters to to put on a show. Let's go on to the next uh, image, uh, my lovely assistant. Hello. Yeah. So this is Bob Aram. This is top rank, Mr. Top Rank. Okay. He has been very vocal about the way he feels about women's boxing. He no like it. He don't like it, but he has always had a showpiece to show for the sake of saying, I'm, I make my money in boxing. So I'm going to have, I have men boxing. I'll have a woman. I'll have a piece to show, right? So um, he's been in the industry since 1966, okay? So this man has been around. Um, he, his, his show piece started with, uh, he signed Lucia Riker. And I don't know if y'all have been, you know, keen on women's boxing long enough to know Lucia Riker was one of the baddest women out there. Um, I think there were some stuff going on with Lucia where some of these great matches that should have happened never happened with her. I don't know if her heart pumps Kool-Aid, 
that cherry Kool-Aid or she really has some issues with her management, but she never fought Christy Martin. She never fought Mia St. John. She never fought any of these, the, the, the other women who were names and who were, um, out there, you know, Chrissy Martin face looked like roast beef in one of her fights with the blood and everything. And I would have loved to see her and Lucia Riker go at it. Um, Tony's reviews. Lucia is the greatest female to ever fight. She was so good that they let her fight a man, kickboxer and undefeated champion. Yeah, y'all know, you know what that happened with that one though, huh? Yeah. This is the thing about, um, and thanks for, for chiming in with that one, Tony. With women's boxing, it was, there was a time where we, we were um, looked at as not being women. So if you wanted to fight or if you were a badass woman fighter, oh, automatically you should fight a man. Why? Why? Why, folks? Why fo I got to fight a man? If I'm a bad broad that can fight, why do you want to see me fight a man? No, I will fight a woman. That's what I do. That's why I'm a woman. I'm a badass woman, and I want to fight another badass woman. So they put her, because she was a good kickboxer, they put her in the ring with this guy. <laughs> and you don't do that. You don't do that, right? Because now... You, this man has got to defend his masculinity. He got to defend his masculine ancestors. He got to be, defend the men of the earth. He can't let Lucia Riker um, beat him. And for sure what he did, he knocked her ass smooth out. Yes, he slumped Lucia Riker, <laughs> slumped her. I think they had to um, carry her out the ring. Yeah, he let it be known that, listen, we won't be doing any more of this. Lucia Riker is a baddie, but she ain't bad enough. She ain't too bad to get slumped by a, by a dude. So that's what happened, right? And then I think after that, I think that kind of ruined Lucia because once you get knocked the, knocked the f out like that, you get shell-shocked. You get shell-shocked whether it be male or female, you don't want that shit to happen to you ever again. The human body is wired that way. The, these, the memories come back and the trauma come back as if it's still happening. That's why, like, I always revert back to me. I'm sorry, y'all, because I'm me. I can only speak from my experiences. But not many of my, not many of the people that I fought continued to fight after I fought them. Why? Because I was designed to ruin fighters. I was designed to knock a fighter out. And if I didn't knock them out, I was going to beat them so badly that they were afraid. They were afraid to get in there round by round. Right? So um, somebody even, someone call, uh, messaged me the other day about, I mean, it, I had, you know, the, I was the first, me and Fujin Riker fought, and we were the, I mean, Fujin, goodness, not Riker, um, Reika, Fujin Reika, we fought, um, and we were the first women 
bout in Jim, in Japan at Karakuen Hall, right? So I made history in Japan with Fujin. And um, I was hitting her in that fight. Uh, she was eat. She I would, but what Sugar was doing was Sugar didn't go in there to knock her out. Sugar was going in there to show the people of Japan and to show the world that women are skilled fighters. So after six rounds, they said Fujin won the fight. And I'm thinking in the corner when they said that, when they raised her hand and said that she had won the fight, I'm thinking, I should have knocked that bitch out. <laughs> but it is what it is, you know, that that's it. That's history, right? So um, someone messaged me the other day and they were saying that Fujin Raika ain't doing so well. Because when you leave... When you box, you have to understand that you win when you leave with your faculties, when you leave with your brain intact, when you can speak a full sentence, when you can remember your name, when you can still function. And apparently, Fujin is over there and, and she's, she can't, like, she's not doing well. She can't, she, she's got, um, you know, um, her, her brain has been um, affected by the the trauma in fighting uh, opposition such as myself. Um, I, I wasn't the first, I wasn't the only one to damage Rika. She's fought some serious um, contention out there. And, and she, um, honor, honorable mention for her because she didn't, she didn't fight nobody easy. Right. She got she, she got some easy. She got some decisions that she shouldn't have got, but she by no means fought anybody easy. Um, but I digress back to what we were talking about. So Lucia Riker um, was Bob Aaron's first piece. She didn't fight. She didn't fight who she should have. Tony comes in and he says she's the greatest female to ever fight. Prove it. Cause she ain't fought nobody. Lucia Riker hasn't, she's a great fighter, but she had not fought the opposition for me to call her the greatest, right? When we call, when we say a fighter is the greatest, Sugar Ray Robinson is the greatest fighter to ever live. And Sugar Ray Robinson fought everybody. You cannot say that Sugar Ray Robinson dodged or did not fight great opposition. Um, Tony's reviews, that's a great achievement to be the first to fight in Japan. Uh, yeah, you know, thank you for that. Uh, I, it, it, it's bittersweet because I should have, I should have beat her, but, um, that, I guess that wasn't a part of the story for me. But it was great. The, the people of Japan love women boxing. They love sugar. They still, like I said, they still email me. They still message me. They still ask me, when you coming back, sugar, sugar, natari, natari. Right? And that's what they used to call. Um, that's what they used to cheer when, I, when I'd go over there and, and, and they'd see me. So um, great people, great fanfare. I love it. I loved 
um, all of my opportunities of being there. Um, Eric comes in because they know you won, <laughs> and they're and we're just a nice Canadian. Ah, yeah, you, and, and you know what? They, they, we got to stop. They say nice guys finish last. I we can't be finishing last now. The Canadian women were some. They, to be honest, when women's boxing first started, the Canadian women were the most dangerous women on the scene because they were actually taught to box. Like these women were fighting, um, amateurs and pros. They were fighting. And the thing about, I love Canadian boxing because they have this element. I don't know if they, I, I don't see it anymore. I'm sorry. You know, the greats are have passed on Arnie Beam, you know, uh, that, that laid the great foundation for fighters like Lennox Lewis and, you know, other, I, I just said Lennox, but other great fighters, um, you know, b because there was a, a solid foundation of skills and skill set. I'm talking about, um, you know, they, they over in Quebec, you know, that like they, there were names, um, the Johnson brothers, um, Sean Sullivan, you know, like these guys um, that were great, great Canadian boxers. Um, what is it? Um, good. I, I know his first name. I don't remember his last name. His first name, um, him and his brother fought. His first, he, um, Grant, the Grant brothers over there in Quebec. Like, you know, the... These guys were solid, right? And 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 whoever taught these guys were teaching the women, so that's why I also I kind of ended up up there because that's where you know you was going you was going to learn something up there, um, if you are a, a, a fighter, um, and then you know you got the U.S. where U.S. was more about style. It's not it wasn't that gritty foundation. It was about style. Right. If, if if I could shimmy enough, if I could perform good enough, I can I can steal the fight from you. So styles make fights. And, and, and that's how the battles were were fought and won um, in, in those times. But I come back, you know, so Lucia Riker was a piece. Uh, Jessica Rakowski, Canadian girl was one of um, Bob Aaron's uh, top ranked pieces. And she actually could fight. And I know her coach very well, but not well enough to remember. I'm bad with names, y'all. <laughs> and not to mean disrespect or anything, but I give everybody a nickname. I'm sorry. It's not being disrespectful. My grandmother used to say, your name, the name that your peers give you is your real name, right? Because that is the... That is the impression that you've left on on them, right? So I pride myself on being called sugar. I pride myself on being called too bad and miss too bad, right? Because that was the impression that I've left. So Jessica Rakowski, Canadian girl, great fighter. She was a champion too, um, was signed with top rank. And now Michaela Meyer is signed with top rank. So they're giving, you know, he, he, he don't like us. He don't like us to fight, 
but he does have a piece and he does play a part in, in, in women's boxing and I appreciate it. So moving on to the next slide, please. Please, please, please. Next slide. Ooh, looking like we got the money team here. So um, we have one of the greatest businessmen of boxing, Floyd Mayweather, and um, his, his CEO of Mayweather Promotions, Leonard Ellerby. And so these two guys have done great things with men male boxing. Uh, Floyd has become a commercial name, a household name uh, in, in, in boxing, which is fantastic for a fighter such as him. He's not a heavyweight. He wasn't a knockout puncher, you know, but he knew the game. He knew how to box. He knew how to play it. He had a great uh, wealth of knowledge that groomed him to be what he is. Uncle Roger and Nam. Daddy and them, you know, Floyd Mayweather Sr., they were all fighters. So they just poured all of that knowledge into him. And they knew uh, how, they knew the pitfalls and they knew the stepping stones that, they, that he needed to go through to become this um, mega uh, celebrity superstar. Not just a fight, not just a good fighter, but a superstar of our industry of boxing. Um, so Mayweather, um, they, they, they took up some pretty sound A-list female fighters, okay, um, with the likes of um, Ava Knight. Ava Knight was bad. I think she came up in a time, the, the pool was shallow, the talent pool was shallow not me not that she was fighting body bags or anything but boy i would have loved i would love if ava knight was around now she she was good she was a bad broad she is a baddie she's i think she's a crone now but ava knight boy i she went she went down to mexico and fought these these names nava and them and barbie and them I love that about her. She had moxie. She wasn't just a one trick pony and she didn't, she was a beautiful woman, but she never, she, she didn't use that to, 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 um, open the door. She used these, that girl can, that, that broad can fight. Um, Layla McCarter, Layla McCarter, a crone, a crone. If she ain't a crone, she's, she's the crone. Uh, I, I think she's, uh, I would rank her number one pound for pound. She is a, a, a um, women's boxing great. She's fought pretty much all the names. Um, all the names before these so-called girls now. I'm talking about names, serious names. Chevelle Hallback, you know, um, she, we call her Chevy. We call Chevelle Chevy. Like Belinda LaCorrente, La um, uh, uh, Melissa Hernandez, like these are names like that that um, Layla McCarter have fought. These are women who made the the industry, right? That that brought that respect to the industry, right? They didn't hop over heads 
and and say, oh, no, look, we're here and no one was here before. They didn't Christopher Columbus nobody, right? Right, I, I, I say Christopher Columbus because people were already on these islands and already there when Christopher Columbus said he discovered the place. How are you going to discover somewhere that people already live? <laughs> so it's the same thing with these broads now that are being signed, you know, uh, these Olympians. They were, they were people, we were living that life. We were about that life before they came about. And we were about that real life. Layla McCarter was fighting three-minute rounds. Okay, a lot of us, most of us, were fighting three-minute rounds because it it you had to do that to prove your worth in 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 boxing. Not women's; it wasn't even women's boxing. In boxing, you want to fight, you better fight these three minutes like the men do. Yeah, um, and then. If y'all didn't know this, I'm going to tell y'all, Floyd Mayweather uh, signed Savannah Marshall out the hot grease first. He was the first person to sign her. She moved out to Vegas and they was going to build her. They saw it coming. They wanted to put together this mega fight that's about to happen, her versus Clarissa Shields. They saw it from, from the amateurs. They picked her up. So she moved out to um, Vegas, and I think she lived out there for like six months or something, training with them. And I don't think, it just didn't work out, right? Because like I said, styles make fights, and Savannah Marshall's style is very European. It's very, you know, to the books of the UK, the typical UK fighter. And of course, you know, that money team style is all about show and and you know all about that that show showbiz so i don't think i don't think she fit well in in um building herself as a fighter in on that um on the money team and she ended up leaving going back to the uk and now she's with um peter fury uh tyson fury's dad and she's doing well, and we're going to see how well she does versus Clarissa Shields uh, coming up soon. So um, I, I'm glad that that contract's inked, and and we can look forward to that coming. Uh, the the thing that the thing that's kind of scary to me about this mega fight, like, come on, y'all, give me. This is why, this is why I say, you know, women's boxing. We, we, we need to make, we, we need to spread the wealth. We need to stop giving it to one queen at a time, one broad at a time when there's so many baddies out here. Because now look, after this mega, right, we, get, we had mega um, with Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano. Ain't no mega-ness going to happen no more after that, right? I don't, I don't know if I want to see Amanda Serrano versus Katie Taylor part two. Amanda Serrano versus Delphine Pursoon. Huh. That's interesting. I would love to see that fight. Right. But there's not enough opposition up there to where it's remains exciting. Right. It's, it's no longer exciting. That mega happened. Now we have um, Clarissa Shields versus Savannah Marshall. This is a mega that's going to happen. And then after this mega, after somebody get beat, then what? 
then what? You see what I'm saying? There's nobody waiting in the wings, licking their chops for their opportunity. We don't see any other baddie. Marshall's the only baddie. And then after that, it gets boring, right? So um, that is something that I'm concerned about. Um, so Savannah Marshall is no longer with the Mayweather promotions, but Mayweather, um, these guys, they, they've, they've done, and then, you know, I think she mentioned something about a broken promises to her from the May money Mayweather team. And you'll always get into those things. I, my whole thing is, listen, chick, at least they promised you something. <laughs> we wouldn't get nothing. <laughs> we shoot. I, you felt good with the damn promise. Oh, I could train down there with y'all good. So, you know, th this is where it is now. You, you, you get to eat. Um, we was eating um, table scraps and bones. And, and now you send in the filet mignon back to the kitchen because it wasn't cooked the way you wanted it, the way you promised it was going to come out. Right. So it is what it is. I, double edged sword. Okay. Um, Lovely assistant, please, on to the next slide. Please. Next slide. Okay, so we are looking at Dimitri Salida. Okay. Uh, Dimitri Salida uh, is the man or the face of Salida Promotions. He is a former pro boxer, among other things that he's done in the in in, in boxing. But he is really like he, he's really big now because um, he has signed some names in women's boxing. Um, he signed Christina Hammer, which is, was the heavyweight uh, champion for a good amount of years out of Germany. And um, they were doing well by her. Um, I think, like I said, Christina Hammer is the only fighter that I've ever known to win a fight that she got her ass knocked out in. She got TKO'd in a fight and still won the fight <laughs> uh, by Anne Sophie Mathis. Oh, Anne Sophie Mathis out of France? That right there, she bodied Holly Holm. Yeah, Mathis was the jam. Um, look her up. She she had all uh, she had uh, Cecilia Brancas doing the stanky leg. Yeah, man. Uh, and Sophie Mathis was, she is also a great. She is also a legend. She was very powerful. I, I had second thoughts about stepping up to fight that one. Yeah, yeah. I would have fought her, but damn, I, that one I had some great respect for. Because I knew she could hurt. She could hurt sugar. She could hurt. Because that's what she do. She was on the same caliber to me as Sugar because she ruined fighters. Mm -hmm. Um, but there were she she also fought some great opposition too. So I'll look up Anne Sophie Mathis out of France, you guys. But um, so uh, Dimitri Salida or Salida Promotions, they have Christina Hammer and Clarissa Shields. That's Clarissa Shields' promoter, right? And he's not huge like Eddie Hearn, 
right? But because he, he, I guess he does well by Clarissa, and Clarissa um, is happy with what he's doing because she is very much a part of how her career is navigated and is growing, which th that's what you want as a fighter. You want to be able to have a say in your development and where your career goes in, in, in this game. And um, he's allowing her to do that clearly. And he's putting, you know, he, he's signing her to have, you know, um, fights on, on, on platforms to where she is visible to the world um, internationally, which is great. Um, and then on to the next slide, you guys, please, my lovely assistant. Next slide. Look at this one. So this is Logan Paul, you guys, and he just jumped in. He just jumped on the scene. Um, this one, I, I can't really take him seriously just yet, but I got to mention his name because he is a part of the biggest um, boxing, women's boxing match and boxing match um, that has happened uh, to, to, to date. He has, he is... Amanda Serrano's promoter. Now his background is um, he also boxes. Um, he, but uh, his foundation is he is a YouTuber. So he started off being a YouTuber and had a great following um, from YouTube and social media. He's like a celebrity personality there on the, on the net. And, um, and he took up you know, him and his brothers. I think they're great athletes. And he took up boxing. And you know, you see him fighting against, uh, you know, other boxers and not name boxers, but you know, other athletes. He's taking on other athletes that are not boxers, and he's actually bodying them. So um, uh, he knows how to generate the interest. He, he's got some swag in the game. And so um, he has brought his social media following to the women's boxing uh, arena, to our industry, which uh, makes him a, a great promoter of us. And um, I'm, I'm hoping that he does a lot more, not just with Amanda, who can't even make a phone call for herself ain't that something she must have snuck and got on youtube or something i don't know how they got together how do you find her because <laughs> you know i because you know jordan ain't gonna let amanda get no phone calls uh mama said no <laughs> like how we used to say back in the day your friend said uh ask your mom if you could come out and play you go and ask your mom She'd be like, no, you know you can't go outside. You know you can't talk on no phone. You go back to your friend. Mama said no. <laughs> so Jordan said no. But yes, in this case, because Amanda signed with uh, Logan Paul, and she 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 got the, the opportunity of a lifetime uh, for a female fighter to be a headline pro-match pro, um, 
at Madison Square Garden that, you know, seated 20,000 people. Uh, over a million people chimed in to watch her fight. And um, I, I, I think it's amazing. And, and I like what Logan Paul has brought to our industry. Um, so uh, next slide. Next slide. Hello, come on y'all, don't do me like this. Next slide. Okay, so y'all ain't y'all ain't gonna bring the next slide? Fine then. I mean, okay. So next slide is the what you are looking at is um the face of Team Sarlin. Sarlin. That's Kelly. Uh, Sarlin, yeah, um, and he um, had some, they're over in Germany, and Germany was used to be the place that you go, you knew you wasn't going to win if you flew over to Germany to fight. Even if you won, you was going to lose, right? But Germany has some great female fighters, too. Uh, Susie Kentakalin or something like that, Susie. She was she was small, but boy, could she that she could fight. She was like a, a very she was a small midget fighter, but she could fight her her butt off. Okay, and she was over in Germany. One of my one of um, uh, goodness, I I mean, off the top off the dome, there were some great German women that um were out there, but you just knew that you weren't gonna um, win if you went over there, um, even if you won. Like I said, um, it happened, uh, Christina Hammer uh, got TKO'd and still won her fight. That's what was going on over there. Okay, so um, Team Sarlin, Sarlin, uh, been in the game since 1978, okay, was the leading promoter over there in Germany. Um, but they got into um, women's boxing by signing the first lady, Cecilia Brakos, to their promotion, okay? That's why she's called the first lady. She was the first woman to be signed by a, a, a large promotional company such as Sarlin over there in Germany. And uh, they built her, they built her career. Uh, they gave her a good foundation. And um, now they have been absorbed by another promotional company called Weserman Boxing. And can you uh, uh, go on to the next slide? Um, Please. So this is Casey Weserman, and they acquired uh, team. They acquired uh, Team Sarlin. Uh, what happened to my last slide? Come on, y'all. Listen. Come on. That's the last slide. Don't do me like that. Okay. So that um, this man, Casey uh, Weserman, he uh, the, this this promoter now is out of LA. They're based in LA, but they've absorbed the German company of Team Sarlin. And they, he is, his background is from sports marketing and management, okay? Um, they, they're focused on establishing events, particularly in the UK now, and they wanna build women's boxing. Uh, um, they, they wanna use 
uh, women's boxing as a springboard to get them going. And so um, their motto, okay, is, or they're, they're looking to have a super featherweight tournament. You know, there's, there's always talks, but this, this is their talk. They want to do a super featherweight tournament to um, bring out or, or bring in some of this, some of the opposition, some of the talent in that division and build a stable of great uh, athletes from there. Um, he's been quoted to say, it's not about a name. It's about finding the best athletes, whether they're a name or not. And I love that because that is now, now we're talking, now we're talking, right? Now we're cooking with Crisco, right? Because now when you're finding the best, you know, you have, the, the, there's levels now and, and, and now there's depth and, and, and there's more potential to bring value and to make money. And that's what we do this. So, I mean, we, as fighters, as women, we, we were doing this for the love and, and, and to prove who we are. But it feels good now to know that we can make some money to take care of ourselves and our families doing this as well. So um, uh, they've signed uh, Cecilia Brackus and Michaela Lauren. So Michaela Lauren um, was a middleweight. She was a pretty decent contender too. Uh, she was known to uh, kiss her opponent on the lips. You know, when you do that face off, she would kiss her opponent on the lips. And some of us, some of us would like it and some of us would not like it. But that's what she used to do. That was her, um, that was her swag, her swing, you know. Um, and she used to, yeah, she, she did okay for herself. Um, out there. Um, and so that's it, you guys. Like, these are the promoters. These are the people. This is the information that you will want to know, you will want to look out for um, when, you, when you're hearing about these uh, women's boxing fights out here and the opportunities that are happening. If you have a, a female fighter that you uh, like and, and 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 you want to um uh, tony's reviews the one that kissed wasn't that the one that kissed wasn't that the super tall female yes she's very tall yeah michaela lauren is is very tall and um she kind of looks like um homeboy off a of rocky if he dies, he dies. She kind of remind me of him. Of him. <laughs> um, the, that Russian one that Rocky had to fight. She kind of puts me in the mind of that. She has that type of look to her. Um, yeah, but that was her swag, you know? And we all, like I said, we all had our swag. We all had our thing that we used to sell ourselves. And that was what she did. That's what she used. So, um, that yeah yeah that's it you know the the game's changing and and the the um it, it's getting better for us right it, it's the opportunities are coming it, it's not perfect as yet but now we have promoters now we have women's boxing has big promoters that are putting 
us on their on their shows and and putting us on platforms and uh now now you can clearly see we obviously are putting asses in seats because some people that, that's what people used to say before about women's boxing you got to put asses in seats women's boxing no one's uh no one watches it no one was gonna buy a ticket well look look now look at you look at you now watching us like loving us paying for us, paying per viewing for us, right? So it feels good. And uh, it's only going to get better from here. It's growing. Uh, I would love, I mean, just putting these feelers out there and, and putting these vibes out there. Sugar would love to be a commentator on some of these matches, right? Because these commentators, I, I put it on silent, to be honest. I watch female matches and I put the junk on silent because these commentators that are commentating the women's matches, they don't know shit about women's boxing. RIP Uncle Roger. Yeah, and Uncle Roger, he trained, I trained with him actually. He was a funny, love, uh, fun loving guy. Um, but they don't know shit about women's boxing. So how are you gonna talk about something that you really don't know about, right? I mean, you, you really don't know the background and you clearly haven't been invested in it enough to know um, what you're looking at, right? So I'm putting the feelers out there, right? Uh, Sugar wants to commentate some of these women's matches. I ain't afraid of nobody, right? I'm gonna say what I said and I said what I said right? Because my loyalty is always to the truth. My loyalty is always to the growth of this industry. What I got to say is valuable, right? Because I'm making it up. This is real out here. It's real in the field. If you want to know the authentic happenings of women's boxing, if you want to learn something about women's boxing and boxing, because listen, Sugar done sat on the panel on Talk and Fight on Fridays, with the big with the big dogs right and we had some great conversation right i know my stuff um come see me come see about sugar okay like subscribe share and always come back on a wednesday night at 7 30 to see sugar okay come get some of this sugar okay have a great weekend you guys and listen thank you tony Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, everybody, for chiming in. Um, if I didn't mention your name, um, I'm sorry, baby. Um, let's see who else chimed in. Um, thank you, Ross Johnson, for chiming in. You know, thank you guys uh, for, for, for uh, stopping by and, and giving me some attention um, and, and, and making this a fun night. Um, like I said, have a great weekend, you guys, and I'll see you next Wednesday. Bye-bye.